Welcome to ISO Chats Theology. I'm Lionel Windsor, New Testament lecturer at Moore Theological College, Sydney. During the COVID-19 isolation, I chatted with lots of my friends and colleagues here at Moore about theology, Christian life and ministry. It's the kind of discussion we'd normally have over morning tea, but the topics are highly relevant to life in a changing world. So I wanted to let you listen in. Enjoy. Easter is upon us, uh, Easter 2020, and it's a very different Easter uh, to the Easter that many of us were expecting to have. I want to read to you from Mark chapter 16, uh, when the women come to the tomb where Jesus was buried, and they see uh, a young man uh, who turns out to be an angel, really, uh, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And today we're going to be talking about the comfort in those words. The comfort in the words, he has risen. But also, uh, what might be surprising for you, the comfort in the words, he is not here. Uh, That is, we're talking about the comfort in the words and, and the truth that Jesus is not here And Jesus is not with us in one sense. Uh, Speaking today again to my colleague and friend, Pete Orr. Hi, Pete. Hi, Lionel. Thanks Uh, for having me. That's great. Really good to see you Uh, again. And we're uh, we're talking to each other again from just across the road, really. But uh, we're isolated in our uh, homes. Uh, And uh, we're talking uh, particularly about those uh, those, uh, comforting words. Uh, Now, Pete uh, is the author of several books, and one book uh, is this one that I'm uh, just displaying here uh, on on the screen. Uh, The book is Exalted Above the Nations, The Risen and Ascended Christ. Uh, And Pete, you've written about uh, Jesus, uh, I guess, where Jesus is uh, and uh, why that matters for us. Uh, That was your research, wasn't it? Uh, I, I remember you know, we were doing a PhD and around about the same time, around about the same place in Durham, uh, you were looking at the presence and absence of, of Christ uh, and why that matters. Do you want to maybe just tell us a little bit about, uh, about that and your research and, and what you've um, been looking at? Yeah, so um, that, that book, Exalted by the Heavens, is a sort of popular version of the work that I did for my PhD. And I was just interested in uh, Jesus in the present so we tend to rightly focus on uh, Jesus in the past uh, you know w- what he did in the, in the gospels his his life his death his resurrection or we focus on Jesus on in the future Jesus returning but I thought it'd be interesting to focus on uh, Jesus in the present um, you know where is he uh, what is he doing and so as I looked, was looking at it, was concentrating on Paul's letters, um, I noticed this idea of the absence of Christ. Uh, so Jesus being absent and started to see that actually that, that is very important uh, for a number of reasons. And I think, as you alluded to earlier, it does, it does give us uh, comfort. So that's the way that I uh, went into that um, uh, topic and kind of focused in on that idea of Jesus' absence. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, the, the reason, I mean, I, we, we've been talking about it back and forth for, for quite some time, but uh, I thought it would be particularly relevant in this Easter when uh, right now so many of us are absent from each other uh, mm. and we are in, in different places uh, scattered uh, and, and presence is something that, that we lack. Uh, and so that this idea of, of Jesus' absence um, is, is kind of important for us. Why is it important to be thinking about Jesus' absence? I think it's important for uh, a number of reasons. Um, I think I can think of three, three reasons that it's important um, at any time. And I think probably one of those reasons is particularly important now. Uh, first of all, it helps us to think about who Jesus is. Uh, so uh, the, the, the New Testament is clear that um, Jesus is absent. And I guess in a moment we'll talk about how he is present uh, as well in some form. But, um, you know, think of uh, Paul in Philippians 1, uh, that great expression of, of uh, kind of faith in Christ where, he, you know, he says, to me to live is, is uh, to die. Sorry, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And then he says, you know, I would much rather depart and be with Christ. So there he's expressing the absence of Christ. And uh, you can see that, um, uh, that idea throughout uh, the New Testament again in, in Paul, 2 Corinthians 5, while we're home in the body, we're away from the Lord. Mm. And the fact that Jesus can be absent is a function of his ongoing humanity. So sometimes we're a little bit fuzzy. You know, we know that Jesus was a human being. Uh, you know, he lived, he died. Um, and then some, some, somewhere we get fuzzy about, did, did he remain a human being? And sometimes we can unhelpfully think, well, the reason he was a human being was so that he could die. And then once he died, he didn't really need to be a human being anymore. But actually, uh, Jesus remained a human being and his absence points to that. So he is a human being with a body. And so with a, with a human body, it, it's a glorified body, yes, but it's still a human body that is um, in one place at one time. Mm -hmm. So in other words, um, in, in his humanity, he, he can't be everywhere. He is, he's absent. So it reminds us that when Jesus became a human being, he became a human being forever. And I think that in, in one sense sort of underlines the, the amazing truth of the incarnation. Uh, when the Son of God became a human being, it wasn't just for sort of 33 years to, to get the job done. No, his commitment to humanity uh, was and is eternal. There, there, will, um, there will always be a human being at the, at the center of, um, uh, you know, uh, God's uh, throne room, if you like, and uh, our attention will be focused on, on a human being, the Lord Jesus. And... You, you know, you, you could get to that truth from other angles, but I, I thought, you know, the absence of Christ kind of underlines uh, that truth about who Jesus is. Mm. Well, what does that do then? Um, so, so uh, you know, we, 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 it's important for us to, to talk about the fact that, that Jesus is with us, uh, that Jesus is, is here, that he's present. Um, and particularly when we're going through hard times, uh, when we're suffering, it is a wonderful comfort to know that, that Jesus is, is with us uh, and he is, is not just sort of some distant figure, but is, is able to be, to be with us and, and present. I think most of us can understand why that matters and is important. 
Um, but uh, I guess that the question there is, well, if, if Jesus is present with us, uh, then why does it matter that he's also absent? Uh, yeah. I, I think I've, I've asked the question in terms of humanity, so theologically it matters, but why does it matter that he's also sort of, in one sense, absent while he's present with us? Yeah. So I think um, thinking, thinking carefully about presence and absence helps us to think about Jesus' humanity. Again, so just as I said that, which I think is really important and we need, we need to grasp that. And I think a lot of um, Christians, we, we could be fuzzy on that. I think also thinking about the relationship between his absence and his presence helps us to understand uh, the Holy Spirit and uh, the, the role of the Holy Spirit and the relationship of the Holy Spirit uh, to Jesus. And, you know, John's gospel is really important here. And um, uh, John's gospel has a section, John 14 to 17, where Jesus kind of draws his disciples aside and teaches them kind of how to live uh, in light of his impending absence. Mm. And, one of the things he says, um, John 16, uh, verse 7, he says, it's actually to your advantage that I go away. Uh, because if I don't go away, uh, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And, um, it, you know, that I think in the first instance is talking about the absence that the uh, disciples were going to experience when uh, Jesus left them to, to die on the cross. Um, that I think is a, in micro, microcosm what, what we all experience. The absence that the, the disciples experience in those three days is a sort of pattern uh, that all of us experience. And that kind of absence is met by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so in the New Testament, it's, it's interesting that, um, for example, in Romans 8, um, Paul can talk about the spirit in you, but then he can also talk about Christ in you. And it seems that the relationship between Christ and the spirit is so that to have the spirit is in a real sense to have Christ. The, the spirit in a sense brings Christ to us. And that's why, you know, end of Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus says to the disciples, you know, I am with you to the end of the age. So Jesus doesn't leave us as orphans. He comes, to, he comes to us, but he comes to us through the Spirit. Um, and, you know, th th this can be kind of complex to try to tease all of this out, but I think the nature of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the nature of the relationship between Son and Spirit, um, you know, that, that's different to any other kind of human relationship we experience. But I think you know, we as Christians can experience both the absence of Christ, but also the presence of Christ uh, through the spirit. Mm. I'm thinking in, in terms of Easter time, uh, especially. So here we, here we are at Easter. Um, we hear the words uh, of the, the empty tomb. He is risen. He has risen. He is not here. Mm. Uh, and those two things work together, don't they? Uh, so he has risen means that he is no longer dead. He was crucified. That is, he was actually crucified. He actually was killed and actually did die. Uh, yeah. And yet he is also risen. And you might want to say, okay, well, yes, Jesus is, is risen, 
And what that means is, his one you know, theory that, that you could have to understand those words that people have come up with, uh, that is, he is, he is risen from the dead, that is, he is alive in our hearts. So we have a wonderful yeah. memory of this person, Jesus, and he's inspiring yeah. us to do, to do wonderful things uh, in his memory. So he, he has risen in that way. Um, he's, yeah. he's with us because he's with us by, by memory, by inspiration, and he's constantly in our thoughts, you know, that, that's one possibility. But then that is, there's cut off, isn't it, by the next, well, not, not cut off, that, that, that is, that's not the case because the following phrase is, well, he, he has risen, he is not here. That's right. Um, yeah. And yeah. Wh why is that, what, 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 what's the significance of, of that, he is not here? Yeah, so he's not here means, um, you know, he remains a human being with a body and uh, just like you and I, you know, um, you are not here with me. Um, uh, you are away from me because, um, you know, you, you are a human being with a body in one place um, uh, at one time. And Jesus did not rise in um, that kind of merely spiritual, almost metaphorical sense um, he rose as, you know, a human being. I mean, uh, John's gospel, um, you know, narrates that the disciples, you know, Thomas touches him. Um, Luke's gospel, he eats a piece of fish in front of the, uh, the you know, the gospels. They, they go out of their way to stress. No, he, he remains a human being with flesh and blood and um, albeit glorified. He's, he's different, um, but he's still a human being. And that's why he's absent. He's not He's not um, with us in an unqualified sense, which he would be if he just merely rose as, as a spirit. So the absence is really important to stress the bodily nature of Jesus' resurrection. Um, and and why, does the, why does the bodily nature of Jesus' resurrection matter for us? You know, the fact that he's a resurrected human who was crucified and is now risen. Uh, why, why, why does that matter at Easter time? Or why does that matter generally for us? Uh, a couple of reasons. I think it, it well, it stresses the, the, the miracle of the resurrection, uh, that it wasn't simply, uh, you know, an ongoing kind of consciousness. It was a real, you know, flesh and blood uh, resurrection. Uh, but also it underlines the value of our bodies. You know, we are not just, um, you know, Plato would have us believe that, you know, we are souls kind of imprisoned in, in our bodies. No, we, we are our bodies um, and our bodies matter and the physical matters. And so that's why we are all feeling so sad at the moment that we can't be with one another. That's why as wonderful as the technology is, and it is great, it's great to be able to talk to friends. It's great to be able to have church gather, church, church the form online and it's not the same thing because we are human beings and we are bodily human beings we're physical and we're meant to be with one another physically and that's i think that's what is affirmed in the resurrection the physical matters and that's true for us too isn't it that that is jesus um as, as he, he's not here and and the here being the tomb that is amongst us amongst yep. our deathbound world is that we're yep. we're we're subject to death, we're subject to sickness, we're subject to COVID-19, but we're subject to all these things in our death-bound world. And Jesus is risen 
not just in our hearts, but he's actually risen with a physical body and he's not subject to death. And Correct. our bodies will be uh, transformed for those who believe in, in him. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the age, our, our bodies will be transformed so that we will be with him physically. Is, is, that, yes. is that kind of, yeah. Yep. yep, we will be with him physically and we will have bodies uh, like his. Um, you know, they're, they're wonderful um, kind of images in, in Paul's letters. Again, you know, where I've sort of spent most of the time studying. Uh, you know, Philippians 3.20 uh, describes Jesus returning and, uh, you know, talks about him coming from heaven and um, he, uh, he will come and he'll transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, you know, he, he retains a body. It is a glorified body. And, you know, there are differences. Jesus, Jesus is no longer subject to, uh, to sickness, to disease, to death. Uh, but the wonderful hope is that our body will be transformed uh, to be like his body. Uh, or the vision that Paul gives us uh, at the end of uh, Romans 8. Uh, I think we're familiar with the verse, um, uh, Romans 8.28, you know, that uh, uh, for those who love God, all things work together for for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. We, we're familiar with that verse, but actually, what is the purpose of God? Well, he continues in verse 29, and um, you know, he talks about those uh, who God knew, foreknew, being conformed to the image of his son. Uh, so that, that is the, the great hope that we have, that God's purpose is that uh, on the last day, we will be like Jesus, we'll be conformed to him. And that's not just about our character, um, and uh, you know our inclinations it's also about our our bodies we will be uh, conformed to the image of uh, jesus and then paul says in order that he might be firstborn among many brothers so he'll be preeminent surrounded by men and women uh, who are in his image and that's that's the great hope uh, that paul holds out for us mm. as, as you were speaking i'm thinking about the uh, I, I guess the, the well the the very the very sad um news at the moment from the UK and I know that you're amongst other citizenships you're a citizen of the United Kingdom uh, and um, the you know right now the the leader uh, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom uh, is uh, himself uh, in um, intensive care and uh, we've been praying for for our uh, brothers and sisters and and uh, people in in the UK but um, the, the, the leader of the United Kingdom uh, is someone who is, you know, whatever your politics are, he is, he is the, the one who is uh, leading uh, the UK at this very hard time. And yet That's it's right. also obvious that he himself is subject to this, um, th- th- this, this disease. Uh, and that really shakes and rocks uh, all of us, but particularly uh, the, uh, the the people in the United Kingdom, uh, simply because, well, we we see that there is a leader who who can do some things, but is actually not powerful enough to himself defeat in his own body this this disease, um, which is obvious and, and and right, and we need to keep praying for uh, for him yeah. and uh, for the United Kingdom. Uh, but by contrast. Jesus is not amongst our death-bound world, and yet 
it's not that he's just sort of turned into some kind of spiritual force. He actually has, has a body that is risen from the dead and is, is exalted, is, is uh, in, in the title of your book, exalted above the heavens. Uh, that that is, he is powerful over all things. He is powerful over death, uh, disease, uh, sickness, all the powers and forces. Um, that's just, I'm, I'm just reflecting on this. I, I, I think you're yeah. nodding. I don't, do you have any? Uh, yeah, and no, I, no, I, 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 the reason I'm reflecting on it, sorry, is because I'm, I'm thinking about Ephesians 1. I've been, I think a lot about Ephesians. Uh, and in Ephesians 1, at the end of the, the chapter, Paul talks about the fact that Jesus is not only risen from the dead, which is true, but actually exalted and above all the powers and authorities. That's right. Um, and I think it is, it is um, hope for us um, that Jesus, as a human being, has, in a sense, gone before us. And uh, he is with God. Um, he has a body. And, uh, you know, that, that is a, a picture, like a true picture for us of what, what is our future. Uh, it is to have a glorified body like the Lord Jesus and to be with him, with God forever and with one another. And so, um, I, you know, I mentioned that, you know, there are a number of reasons the absence of Christ is important. It's important for um, understanding Jesus' humanity. It's important for understanding the Holy Spirit, but it's also important for creating that longing uh, in us, that longing for our full restoration like the Lord Jesus and our full kind of, um, you know, re reunion uh, with him and with uh, other believers forever. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So it gives us hope. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and it's a real hope that not a, not just a, a, a wishful thinking, but a, a true longing and hope. But, but it also reminds us that the, you know, the experience of the Christian in the present, uh, we're acutely aware of it at the moment, but it's, it's always meant to be um, a, a life of longing. Um, you know, we, we have the Holy Spirit. We have, you know, every spiritual blessing in Christ. Um, you know, we, we are incredibly privileged as Christians, but we don't have everything that God has promised us. There, there is a lack that every Christian has a longing. Um, and, you know, the absence of Christ kind of acutely reminds us uh, that the Christian life is, is a life of, of longing. And maybe many of us are struggling with that at the moment as we deal with different, difficult circumstances. But even, you know, Lord willing, you know, in however long it takes, the effects of, of uh, this, this virus go, uh, well, as Christians, we'll still, we'll still not be fully satisfied. We will still uh, live lives of, of longing. And uh, I think it's important to, uh, yeah, to stress that. Mm -hmm. That's, um, yeah, yeah, so, so important. Uh, isn't it as we, I mean, we, we are longing in one sense for um, us to be reunited. So, you know, as a, as a you know, Christian brother and friend, I, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of sad that, that we're having to have this conversation, but not actually in the same room. Um, right. And if someone just came to me and said, oh, it's okay, because Pete's, Pete's present, he's with you, um, yes. you know, via, via Zoom, which is what we're using at the moment. Okay. Yes, that is true. That is actually a good thing that Peter's present via Zoom, um, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to talk to him at all. But yeah. there's also the fact that we look forward to the time when we don't have to use this, this platform. That's good. 
that's right. Yeah, and, and that's Zoom will be a distant memory. Uh, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Um, let the, maybe we could talk a little bit about then, uh, as as you mentioned, the, the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus' presence with with mm. us. Uh, again, I think of Ephesians uh, uh, in, in in this, uh, and I think what. Uh, you know, I, I, th- th- this is this is something that I've been uh, thinking about and, and, and talking about. But I think what, when Paul writes Ephesians, he writes in Ephesians chapter one that Christ is raised and he is above all the heavens and above every power and authority, and so he's in charge. That's that's a great burden of, of Ephesians chapter one. Um, and then as, as Paul goes through, he talks in chapter two of Ephesians about the fact that we are seated with Christ. And so we are with him in the sense of, of not physically, but uh, we have that security and that uh, you know, power and in the sense that it's available to us. But then by the time he gets to chapter four, uh, Paul uh, actually starts to speak about the fact that the risen Christ, the ascended Christ, is also the one who descended. That is, um, he's not—he's not only in the heavens, which he is, uh, but he's actually with us, and he's giving gifts to us, and he's—he's uh, he's with us by his spirit. Although Paul doesn't actually mention the spirit directly there, he's—he's uh, he's really wanting to focus on Christ's presence, really, really. But yeah. so, so in one sense, Ephesians chapters one to three are, are about Christ and his absence, and then Paul starts to talk a lot in chapter four about Christ's presence um yep. by his, his spirit what does it mean that christ is present with us that this that this absent christ is present uh, you, you started to talk about that um do you want to talk about that more yeah um i think he's um i, I th- there is a sense in which he's present um y- you know uh paul talks about imitating christ uh in galatians he talks about christ being formed in us there's a sense in which as our character, both as individuals and corporately, reflects the character of Christ, as we kind of grow up into him, um, that he's, he's present with us. Um, so that, I think, is one kind of way of thinking about his, um, his presence. Um, you can also think, I mean, we've touched on it already, uh, you know, in Romans 8, that, you know, the, the very strong language that you get in Romans 8, where... Um, well, I, I find Romans 8 interesting because you've in one chapter you've got both the presence and the absence of Christ because Romans 8.34 talks about Christ at God's right hand interceding for us. But Romans 8 says, if Christ is in you. So in the same chapter, you've got Christ is in you, uh, Christ is at God's right hand. But the presence of Christ in, in Romans 8 is explained by the presence of the Spirit uh, because Romans 8.10, if Christ is in you, and then Romans 8, 11, the very next verse says, if the spirit uh, of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, uh, then he who raised uh, Christ from the dead will also give life to you. So, you know, uh, if you have the spirit, if you have the spirit of Christ, uh, the spirit makes Christ uh, present uh, to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the nature of the relationship between the spirit and Christ is that to have the spirit is to have Christ in a real way, but not in an unqualified way. Mm. And uh, that's, um, yeah, that, that's, that's important. Um, the, the presence of Christ, I think there, there are lots of different ways that the New Testament 
can, can speak about the presence of Christ. So the presence by the Spirit, presence by sense his character being uh, formed uh, in us. Um, and I think um, there's a sense in which as we, as we represent Christ, we, in a, in a sense, make him present in the world. Again, um, as we talk about the presence of Christ, we're, we're always, uh, well, maybe it's just me. I, I'm always want to qualify, you know, it's, that, that's not in an unqualified sense, but there, there's still a sense in which, you know, as, as we represent Christ, particularly as we preach Christ, as we preach the word of God, you know, Christ is present as his word is preached by the spirit. So there's all this kind of uh, language. Um, 2 Corinthians kind of 3 and 4 is another place which is very rich in terms of its um, understanding of Christ's presence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Pete, this is, yeah, this is just being recorded live. Um, I've realized that there's a door that's creaking at the moment. So um, I'm just right. going to go and shut that door. Uh, but uh, before, okay. <laughs> before I do, uh, the, I, I, I'm uh, just, you know, this is maybe something to chat about as I go and shut that door. Um, yes. I, I, I'm, uh, well, I'm just going back to Ephesians because I kept, I kept doing that. But uh, yes. there's, there's faith. Uh, faith is an important part of Christ's uh, presence. That, that, that I think yes. is, is following up on, on what you're yeah. saying, exactly what you're saying. Uh, so Paul's great prayer uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, uh, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, uh, which is quite an amazing prayer. But uh, just to, to, as I'm reflecting on that, I'm, I'm thinking, so Christ dwells in our heart through faith. That is through, through trusting in him, through um, that, that uh, hearing the promise of God and looking forward to the future as we trust in that, that promise. Uh, that is actually the work of the spirit in us, in our inner being. And also Paul's talking about the love, the, the love that God's shown to us, the love for, for one another uh, as well, and that knowledge. And there's just all these sort of words of, of, of presence there. That uh, Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, faith and love. And um, as you say, he doesn't necessarily mention the spirit there, but I think we're meant to, uh, to understand that. Um, and... You know, as much as we want to emphasize the absence of Christ, we would, and as much as we want to emphasize the fact that there is a longing, um, you know, that the presence of Christ is, it, it's an incredibly significant thing. And um, as much as we might want to use the analogy of, um, you know, our kind of presence through screens, or even, you know, to look at the, the New Testament, when Paul talks about being absent in body, but, you know, present uh, in spirit or present through his letter, uh, the experience of the presence of Christ is, is uh, so much more um, meaningful and significant and powerful, really. Um, so we don't, we, want, we don't want to downplay uh, that, that real benefit that we have as Christians, having the presence of Christ. And it's a transforming presence. Yep. Mm -hmm. But it's the presence of the absent Christ that Correct. we have through the Spirit, not not the presence of 
some kind of ethereal spirit who's who's sort of you know just um uh in our memory, memory. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely Real um, what, one of the most sort of powerful images uh, comes in in 2 corinthians uh, 4 um when um he talks paul talks about um you know preaching uh the gospel and uh, the significance of his ministry, his new covenant ministry of preaching the gospel, and it's really 2 Corinthians 3 and 4. There's uh, lots of verses there about, you know, the power of this ministry of the Spirit and the, the, the way that the Spirit transforms. And uh, chapter 4, verse 6, he talks about um, creation. He sort of says, God, God is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness. So that, that's reflecting on God's kind of creative uh, power. And then he says, you know, that same God has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's just such an interesting expression, the face of Jesus Christ. Mm. And, um, you know, we, this is not the time to necessarily unpack it, but if you look at these verses closely, I think it's sort of saying as the gospel is preached, uh, two things are happening. God is working with his same universe creating power, just as he, you know, shone light uh, into creation. He shines light, light into our hearts. Um, he spoke at the beginning of the universe. He speaks as the gospel is preached. And we encounter God through the face of Jesus Christ. So as the gospel is preached, we, we in a very real way, encounter Jesus Christ um, and, and kind of can grasp his face. And um, I think that is why... Um, as sad as it is that we're not with one another, as Christians, we just haven't given up. We haven't sort of said, well, you know, we can't do anything. We'll just wait until we get back together. No, churches are, are going online. They're, they're preaching the word. Uh, they're encouraging, you know, they're um, writing messages because we believe that as the word of God is, is taught, you know, we, we do encounter the Lord Jesus by faith. And so I think that's, um, again, important to, to stress in this context. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks very much, Pete. That's been, uh, I, I hope, an encouraging conversation, uh, but especially over this, this Easter time when we're not uh, present with one another. Uh, and yet God is present with us. Christ is present with us by his word and by his spirit, by, by faith as we trust in him, uh, which is a great comfort, but also uh, to look forward with hope to something that is actually going to be far better. Uh, and it's right. it's right for us to to say over this this Easter this yeah yeah it's going it's going to be good it's good but it's actually not great you know it's, it's there but there's something greater and we can say it's not That's great right. because we've got something greater to look forward to 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 be with with yeah. Christ who is risen who is not here uh, and yet who is with us to the end of the age. You've been listening to ISOChats Theology. I'm Lytle Windsor, New Testament lecturer at Moore Theological College, Sydney. If you like this podcast, please consider sharing us and please review and rate the podcast on your favourite podcast platform so others get to hear about it too. Video versions are available on YouTube or on my website at lionelwindsor.net. You might also like to check out another podcast I've created called Lift Your Eyes, 
a series of 70 reflections on Ephesians. By the way, the name for this podcast was created by Adelaide Windsor. The theme music was written and performed by me and Harry Windsor, and the cover art was designed by Ellie Windsor. Love their work. Thanks for listening.